0: Hi, everyone. This is Jen Kesnick, and you're listening to You Be You. You be you, and I'll be me. Uh, today, I have my very good friend, Kathy Eaton. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Jen. And her daughter, Kaylin Eaton. Kay. Kaylin, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. And so you are a teacher at the Pine Street School. Yes. And um, before we get into what the Pine Street School is and what it's all about, really great place, by the way. Thank you for having me here today. I uh, just want to go back to the beginning. How'd you get start? Where'd you grow up? So I
1: grew up on Long Island in New York, um, with your lovely mother, with my lovely mother, mother, Kathy, my dad Wayne, and my amazing brother Kyle. Um, and I think sitting in this room in my classroom and thinking about my childhood and saying Kyle's name in particular has a lot of meaning. Um, there's a photograph a photograph of us. He's four, I'm eight, we're in our unfinished basement with our play school um, blackboard, and I'm teacher, and he's oh. student. And what a good sport he was. Oh, it gets better. Well, I mean, <laughs> it worked out really well because he did anything I asked. And so I think I always had this mm-hmm. uh, misconception of what teaching was because I had the student body that listened and obeyed.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and... Then growing up, I was very into the arts and um, drama and dance um, and skipped along through high school, played sports. But when it came time for college, I threw a curveball and said, obviously, I'm going to NYU to um, go to fashion school. Right. And everyone said, no, that makes no sense at all.
0: Um, But was there any talking to you at that point? Did you have to get through it? And
1: experience it to know, wait, I am a teacher. Well, my grades were laughed at by NYU, so that made things a lot easier. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I ended up as an English major at um, state school in New York, and there was a very strong education program there that I saw my friends really enjoying and excelling at. And I think it sparked... A real interest in me that I felt like was intrinsic instead of hearing what my parents said I should do. And um, eventually came home and started my master's in education. And Kathy, you
0: saw, you and Wayne saw right from the beginning that you thought that Kaylin was always going to be a teacher. Always. Yeah,
2: always. Since she was five years old. Mm -hmm. Always. And, um, of course, I used reverse psychology. No, you don't really want to be a teacher. Right.
1: <laughs> no, you didn't. You should have
2: done that. <laughs> I think I did. Or maybe in my head I thought I should, and right. I didn't. And then, uh, yeah, it was a no-brainer. You know, she just always was in front of the, a board. Always right. in front of a chalkboard. Right. Right. No, always
1: on a stage, I think. On a stage, yeah. that too. Which is Well, teachers ironic. are performers, yeah. for sure. Totally. And it's come, I mean, it's, it's ironic because... The teacher that I am today, I pride myself on the exact opposite of not being on stage and not being the center. Um, it's quite the opposite with me just being the facilitator. Yeah, but that came a lot. It's an ensemble later. cast now. Yeah, very democratic. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, what prompted you
1: to go to South Korea? Right. So um, I graduated, or I was, I was halfway through my master's in education and didn't have the license yet. So I was working at a charter school as an assistant um, during the day and then taking classes all night and nannying on the weekends, and everything was just um, a blur Mm -hmm. of work and study. And then graduation day came, and I kind of realized jobs were definitely in crisis, and finding a teaching job on Long Island was extremely competitive um, and I had this burning desire to travel. Yep. And to be honest, there was, a, there was a girl that I was friends with in college that I didn't really know well, but she still popped up on my Facebook feed. And I saw her living this life teaching in Munich. And one day I Facebook messaged her and said, things look great, how did you do it, what's the story? And she wrote back immediately. And I applied to be with a teaching recruitment agency called Search Associates, which I highly recommend, and um, went to essentially it felt like speed dating, Uh where you go into this giant hotel um, lobby and there's a representative from almost every country you could name. Cool. And if they're interested in you, they flag you and call you over, and you interview and begin a lengthy process at that point. And so so how long did that take? Um, It actually happened um, quickly and quicker than it normally does. I remember um, I was, I think, 24. Mm. I was pretty young, and... um, I thought, you know, Australia, right. London, right. all of these very romantic ideas. Which is, English I think, which every young teacher would think, like, I'll teach in Paris for a year, and it'll be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll find my French boyfriend, and I'll eat all the croissants and not gain a pound. Yeah, no, I totally thought I was going to do that. Um, and all of a sudden, I'll never forget the moment I heard my name called, and I turned my head and see the table, and there's a card that says South Korea. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, you're young. You should never say no to an interview. You have to go. And there was a man, his name's George Nelson, with a leather jacket on, feet up on the table, Mm -hmm. said, we flagged you, interested, sit down. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my gosh. So um, he essentially... Gripped me immediately because he had this philosophy of opening a brand new school with um, merging East, the Eastern philosophy of academic rigor with the Western philosophy of creativity. Right. And doing it in this very academically strict, rigid country of South Korea. Um, and it would be the IB, International Baccalaureate Curriculum, state of the art facilities brand new team we would all be building the plane as we were flying it Um, and he described to me a philosophy of education that I knew in my heart I needed to be a part of but had absolutely no idea how to make happen and I don't know that any master's formal teaching program could teach wow so this was a no-brainer really I would figure everything out later Um, that evening there was a happy hour and I called my mom and I said, "Put on my outfit that well, I'm." Wait, just- wait,
2: wait! I it, asked <laughs> if I would go with her. It was in Maryland for the weekend, just okay. to support her right. and stuff. And I said, "Yes, absolutely." So I just stayed holed up in the hotel while she was interviewing. Yeah, I thought you Right. She's going to come home and say, "I'm going to get a job." Or well, you Germany. thought I'd wait
1: until date? We still had two more days of interviews. Exactly. So I called her night one. I say, "Put on my outfit. I'm supposed to interview in tomorrow." you're going to come drink wine with my potential new headmaster. (laughs) But I hadn't signed the contract. And so we were all mingling and he, from across the room, would open his jacket pocket and he'd point to the contract just sitting on the inside of the pocket. And I would look down and look away for 15 minutes. I felt like I'd only, you know, talk to somebody else for a moment. And he has given mom two glasses of wine. And she's going, you're going to love it there, Kaylin. This is going to be great. <laughs> this <guy's> great. <laughs> this guy's awesome. He's telling me all the pros about it,
0: well, how that's, great it's going to be. That eases your mind, too. Do you have any
2: questions for me? Because how it old were
0: you wonderful.
1: at that point? I think 24. Yeah, so you're sending... I was the only mom at this place. Well, in right. South Korea, was still a little turbulent Absolutely. at that point. Oh, yeah. And we were, you know, we were... I was definitely ignorant to exactly what had been going on, so
0: well, you wouldn't have said yes if you weren't. So it's right. good that you were.
1: yeah, yeah, you know. And then the contract was signed, so amazing. yeah.
0: And so you went over there and you started this school.
1: Mm-hmm. Was it as amazing an opportunity as you thought it was going to be? Absolutely. yeah. I mean, I, I I miss the I miss the experience so much. Um, it definitely built me. We're not built. It it helped me curate, like I said, the feeling I had at the interview, the instinct I knew that I had of the teacher that I wanted to be and the kind of academic institution I wanted to be a part of, but didn't have the vocabulary for yet, or the conceptual understanding of, and just the passion. The passion. I had the passion, and yeah, it felt right. Um,
0: I would imagine American teachers much like American politicians probably get in it for all the right reasons with all the right motivation and then get into the system and get bogged down by it, you know?
1: It's it's scary. It's scary to think about, especially when I reflect on how, you know, that cliche, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Or is it a cliche? But it, it actually makes me a little bit anxious to think if one step would have been different and I was in you know a, a public school setting where I didn't have the opportunity and flexibility that I do have here it would it would change my soul you know yeah. it would change my outlook on life yeah and so i'm i'm definitely very lucky so you spent 2 years there 4 oh it was supposed to be 2 it turns out to be 4 oh it was a two year right? con- it was a two year contract yes it was a two year contract and then i signed on for another year and then another year and um, I mean it was and you saw the world while you were there I saw yeah uh, most of Southeast Asia nice that was fantastic um, and we had a lot of opportunity for professional developments in different um, countries and so I was able to collaborate with teachers from around the world um, and and really grow I mean it was hard socially yeah. that's ultimately what weighed in on me deciding to leave is you know I I couldn't go to a coffee shop and meet a new person. Right. Um, it was all just very, your your colleagues are your best friends are your family, are your everything. And that can only last so long. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, you know, it made the learning experience, I think, deeper because I was 100% immersed. Right. In this project. Amazing. So, so you come home from that
0: and you... Uh, imagine apply to for jobs in the public school system
1: now in the United States, or did you go private? No, yeah, and that's something that I was struggling with and then really came to peace with um, early, late last spring, I would say, but I, I went back through another recruitment agency the winter before I was leaving and had found a job that was secured before I came back. And I chose um, an independent school in Boston, um, which I won't say the name of because I used it as an experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a school that's rooted in, I want to say, 125 years of tradition. It's um, a kinder, or preschool through grade 8 school that's a feeder for prep schools in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. and from the research I had done and the questions I had asked their curriculum and philosophy of education really hadn't changed much or taken any divot from their, their tradition. And I wanted to see, because sometimes my Korean school felt a little too open and progressive. I wanted to see what the really, um, data driven curriculum felt like, and then see if, I could put something together in the middle. That makes sense. To land. Mm-hmm. And, and it did provide me that. It, it was a wonderful two years, um, but it didn't make sense. Yeah. For what I was after, I achieved the data I was out to seek, and I felt like it would be a disservice to stay there any longer. And I will give credit to my administrator, one of my administrators, because I think she, she caught on to it too. Oh, okay. In a positive way, said, like, this is burning your light out yeah you know and some children need that very traditional structured environment it is not a bad place right Um, but it
0: wasn't for me but that's the thing that's the thing with the public school system too is that everyone is so different and everyone learns it in a completely different way Mm -hmm. Um, and when you get to you know a public school that they're like nope it's this this is the way we do it this is how you have to learn it and if you don't something's wrong with you we're going to put you into the resource room right, right. you know it's like what uh, yeah yeah. Yes. Yeah, the so resource sure. room. yeah the resource room
1: well and yes. also I think you know the um the energy of the teachers ultimately are, are so... It, it's such an important part. And if the teacher is well cared for and comfortable and able to be themselves and be creative and hone the reason that they're in that classroom to begin with, then no matter what they are taught, those children are going to walk away with so much. And right. You know, when the standards are being driven down your throat and you have that pressure... Um, common core, common core, common yeah, core. Yeah, like... it just... <laughs> And that's a big, so I've, I've been doing some teacher training now for two years. And that's one big thing that I'm noticing is that you need to break the, um, when teachers feel like they've done a really great job, typically it's because they're checking off Standards they've covered on some kind of scope and sequence, right? Yeah. And that's totally normal because it's visual, it's tactile. I think there's a certain chemical release in your brain when you cross something off a to do list. Like Makes that's sense. Proven. Yeah. Um, and so, what we try to undo in an inquiry based setting and in a PYP setting that we're in now is that feeling of attachment to the checkoffs, which is natural to a standard based curriculum. Um, but instead, having, which I could talk more about later, but like a loose plan connected to skills. We mm-hmm. call them transdisciplinary skills. And then really listening to the inquiries of the child and what's going on in the world around you. What I'm teaching with first graders in New York City on Wall Street could be very different than what I'm teaching with first graders in you know Nebraska. Yeah, And you really have to listen to the environment. You have to listen to the children. And then you can go in and do your planning. But if it goes from the top and you're just a slave to the checklist... Across the board, this is what we're teaching and
0: this is what you have to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you get addicted to the feeling of what, how good it feels to check it off and say, like, covered that, covered yeah. that. But does everybody have a deep understanding of what happened? Does anyone care? And does the teacher care enough to
0: notice, you know what? Johnny's got it, but David doesn't. But we got to move on. Exactly. So I don't care, David. Right. Tough, yeah. David goes to resource. You know what? David go to resource. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and here's your checklist for resource, and it just keeps going. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's so rigid, Mm -hmm. and not the way real life is. Mm -hmm. You know, when you want to make a difference in someone's life or help someone learn something, and make it be important to them. Yeah. You know, it does. It's not important to you unless you feel it. Yes. Yeah. And just in the um, recital. We just say today? Oh awesome. my gosh, they adorable. They call it the performance. They call it the performance. performance. <laughs> it used to be a recital when our kids were little, I but know, now it's, now it's performance. performance.
2: <laughs> well, the performance today was very heartfelt in those kids'
0: it faces. It was. You can tell they're ready to tackle the world. So tell, <laughs> wow. tell them what the um,
1: performance was about today. So, um, shout out to Megan Crosby and Daniel Hartig. Great job. And, and mean, Eileen yes, Baker. Yes, Everyone yes, did a great, great job. job. Yeah, they wrote... Um, and directed and Simon and Garfunkel themed, <laughs> oh, yes, right. loved it. Simon yeah. and Garth- Garfunkel themed music. The script was written by um, about a set of activists that the children played: um, Fiona uh, Mutesi, um, Yo Yo Ma, uh, Malala, among many more. And there were a set of each activist had their own speaking roles that they were reciting, and that was major. We've never done that before. And on top of reciting lines, wondering if these children really understand and can get underneath who these activists were Mm -hmm. in order to play the part in a way that taught them something and wasn't just a beautiful message to the audience. I think, like you said, the fact that they spoke loud and um, spoke from their bellies and made eye contact with the audience showed that they really understood what they were speaking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I felt
1: it. I yeah, felt absolutely. like they really knew. We were worried about that. We no. were like, oh my gosh, they should be like a play where they're animals because then they can understand and they can slither and
0: they can... know. yeah, they did a great job. They and did. music is moving. Yes. So even just hearing that music and watching them, you know, act it out, dance, and, and you know, with their own words because it wasn't Simon and Garfunkel lyrics. Yeah. Um, you know, just brought a tear. To my it life. did. Yeah. It did. We would What was the one you said at the end? Feeling Equity Ruby? bound e- Equity. Yeah, it was oh, after the yes.
1: scene with Ruby Bridges. Yeah. yeah. And um, the second, third, and fourth grade class came out and sang a song called "Equity Bound." Oh my gosh! <laughs> I That's was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> they really? yeah. Yeah. And it was great too because throughout the process, so Megan Crosby is not only our drama teacher, but also the P.E. teacher. And intertwining those two jobs, I think, is really genius. Because in this specific situation, the kids were practicing their dances and they were practicing um, their stage blocking yep. within their P.E. drama class. And then we were given books about the different activists to explore in the classroom. Wow. And it really sort So it's like a
0: whole thematic Way of teaching so that every single class kind of comes back to what you're doing that day or that unit or that week or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just I think so. Our curriculum is IB International Baccalaureate, and the ele- it would be the elementary school version is called PYP, the Primary Years Program, and the the curriculum is I would say equally balanced and focused on academics as well as socio-emotional. Um, understanding. Amazing. Yeah, it's just, and there's an action component to each unit of inquiry that we do, which lasts six weeks over the year. So you have a central idea that you're focusing on. Um, Here's ours right now is food comes from many different places and connects people around the world. So that's our big idea. And as we're sitting and thinking about that, we're thinking, hmm, what will make sense in math? probably data collection and presenting right um, what will make sense in reading genre writing genre and so all of these skills come together for a purpose instead of like we were just saying with standards it being like oh it's April yep time to do geometry or it's right. 220 put bring out this book because this yeah. is
0: what we're doing for the next 50 minutes yeah
1: like, and then beyond that we have, Um, these transdisciplinary skills. So those change every unit, too. Um, Right now, we're working on, um, let's see, communication skills. We're specifically focusing on nonverbal communication because their summative assessment at the end of this is going to be put on this artistic representation of a dinner table Mm. where, like, they'll decorate their own chargers that have cultural representations that they'll do in art class. The plate itself will represent food, for whatever reason they decide. So we'll be exploring food from all around the world, food for um, being nutritionally responsible and sound. But they'll be able to curate their plate and present it to their parents, based on what they learned and for whatever reason they want.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So and there's a, you know five other skills too, but everything's intertwined in order to take this action um, at the end and do something with what you've learned and so that's what we're still thinking about now how can we take this understanding of food around the world and this beautiful artistic representation of a table and then think about our community around us and think how can we make a difference Um, and you know the play was kind of like its own version of a unit of inquiry because Megan and Daniel went through teaching all of these skills that were needed to put it together. And then in the end, the action, the school's now connected with the Malala Fund. Oh, to donate. Wow. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, when we were, again, when we were talking about the standards, it feels very linear. Whereas I think what we've got going is cyclical. Yeah. And that is where the magic happens. However small or big it is, if it all feeds into each other and has a purpose, mm-hmm. then you just can't go wrong.
0: Right. Um, So we went right to the performance and skipped over a little bit of what I wanted to ask you about, which was, here's the Pine Street School. It's on Wall Street in New York City. Um, And how long have you been working here?
1: This is my second year. Oh, great. So you had the four-year-olds last year, and you moved up with them to five. Four. So yeah, last year was kindergarten. They came in four, left five. This year, first grade five, they'll leave six. Nice, and it's the same
0: kids basically, give or take. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, which is very important too, of building a really strong trust foundation and emotional bond with you, so they respond to you and feel comfortable enough to, you know, be vulnerable and talk and you know just mm-hmm. express themselves without being afraid. Um, I remember teachers, you know, when I was little, second grade. Mrs. Crowley, sorry if you're listening. <laughs> Mrs. Mahalchow. Yeah, but being, you know, like being sad. And, oh yeah, being sad and, and like, what are, what are you sad about? Yeah. like, I just miss my mom. <laughs> <laughs> stop crying before I give you something to cry about. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I am now I'm going to pee in my pants. Yeah, I yeah. get so mean. Now we have an accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm afraid for the rest of the school year. Right, yeah. stomachache every morning. So it's so nice to have someone nurturing that they're like, Oh, Kaylin, And you you see it. You do. You see it in all the teachers today at the um, program.
1: Everybody's sweet. Yeah. So what is the mission statement of the Pine Street School? So um, the website is pinestreetschool.com where you can find the mission statement. But um, if I could put it in my own words, Mm -hmm. we speak a lot to um, potential families that are looking at our schools I mean, being in New York, we have parents touring for children in utero. Um, oh you know, my god! The summer before, yeah. So, wow. So I speak a lot about the school, and and I really like to talk about it in my own words because it is a blend. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're working with elements of the Montessori program, which really focuses on. The environment as a teacher, so whether that be the city around you or using your literal environment of the classroom or the manipulatives within it. Um, but a huge part of the curriculum that I really love um, and ties into our philosophy is with the PYP, the IB program, and that really is a focus on 21st century learning, um, which is progressive in a variety of ways. It's progressive in terms of socio-emotional development, um, open mindedness. It has a set of learner profiles that you specifically teach to, um, one of which is open mindedness, another is being reflective, a risk taker, caring. You're teaching children how to use those words and how to be those words. Um, also, I think what's really magical about this curriculum is that the focus on the skills, like collaboration skills. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to set up our children for success in a world that we're leaving them with a ton of problems yeah. that they're going to need to solve and work together on. Um, and so it's this really wild balance of trying to teach a child how to be a collaborative problem solver, but also to be very technology sound and understanding and be able to you know, do some real one-on-one, deep-focused work. Yeah, um, that they'll also is going to be their next language.
0: I mean, just sitting here today and with you know, watching the kids for the last forty-five minutes, and they're they're doing Osmo coding. We're like, what's that? <laughs> 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 Jen, like, did I you get do the that? kids who are playing that. with the Legos. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just so fascinating. And it, even in the um, in the performance when they were singing about all staying together and being there for each other and locking arms and doing that, you know, that last number, that Ruby Bridges number, like you can tell they, they get it. Like, I need you and you need me if we're
1: going to be successful at this. Totally. And I think, you know, another really big caveat of our school is, um, the language immersion program that we have. So we started off being full immersion with Spanish and now you can pick your track for your child. You can pick full immersion Mandarin or full immersion Spanish. And what that means is that you have two teachers in every classroom, and the Spanish teacher is only speaking Spanish, and the English teacher is only speaking English. Because um, you know, if, if my co-teacher Sebastian was to be teaching in Spanish, and I was helping out on the side translating in English, a child's only going to be tuning into the language of comfort. Sure. And so we really need them to be fully immersed. Um, and we also um, hold in very high standard having uh, very diverse demographics. You do. I noticed that. I yeah. Mean, there's a very a great
0: diversity of children that come here. I was just wondering, how many are
1: scholarship, how many full tuition? So I don't have the representations of the numbers. I do know that um, we do offer scholarships and we offer them through the Educational Alliance Fund, mm-hmm. which you can also go to our website, pinestreetschool.com, and find out more information on. It is only for kindergarten and up. Right. But, um, but
0: you're, like you said, you're building, so we, right now you're only at what second grade we're going
1: up to fifth grade oh great yeah and then we'll matriculate up for there and we're set up and built and ready to go all the way up to high school Mm -hmm. it's just as we naturally grow Um, but we do we have over 40 languages represented right now in the school we have a really strong international parent presence in this class alone we have seven different mother tongues so not even just seven languages, but seven mother tongues that we can explore and talk about. That's amazing. All throughout the day, yeah. Um, but it is. It's, I was thinking about that today, watching the performance. It's just a really beautifully diverse group. Yeah, it, it and they all nervous. seem to respect
0: each other and love each other. Yeah. Which is amazing. I mean,
1: a lot of intense conversations that... We, we were talking, our first unit of inquiry this year was on identity. And we, t- we had a huge conversation of what is it? Somebody said something about being girlish. And we said, well, what's girlish? What's boyish? Before you know it, Jen, we're doing a talk on the gender spectrum. Wow. You know, and, and people At were fir- in first grade. In first grade. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm saying, you guys are never gonna believe this. When I was little, people thought that pink was just for girls. <laughs> and they're like, what? that's crazy. You know, it's like the same thing as when I remember being there, age, hearing stories of segregation and being like, what? Now yeah. it's the same thing, but yeah. with gender. Right. So. It is
0: a lot for a little kid to understand and take on and they don't look stressed though whatsoever no. you know
1: Yeah and I mean that's why it's it's really great that the curriculum is so aligned that yes we're having these powerful conversations now in first grade but the fact that they'll spiral on and up as the children become more able to really get underneath the I feel topics. like you
0: have in your hands the generation of kids that are going to fix all the all the issues and not have half the problems that they have now because they're going to be like, why is that a big deal? Stop, move on. Exactly.
1: exactly. (laughs) I really hope so. And I have to say, I feel very positive about that. And that reminds me of, of when you asked me when I had to make the decision after Korea to come back here. And I remember thinking, private, public, what am I going to do? And starting off my first three years in education in a charter school, it's a Title I charter school out in Riverhead, um, and it was I was overworked underpaid bringing toothbrushes for children I think a lot of the families chose it because it was eight hours of school as opposed to I think public is what six yeah um, and so it was essentially free childcare, and it was a really really rough experience but they needed me mm-hmm. and I wanted to be there for them and so to stay in this you know kind of excelsior, independent world, I started to feel really guilty about it. And um, I hope I don't regret saying this on a (laughs) live podcast, but my my boyfriend last year was going to Columbia Business School, and I went to a lot of social engagements with him, kind of like not really feeling like going. And there was a very stereotypical crowd of students that were very privileged Mm -hmm. to go there. And I would sink into these conversations with these men and women and be astounded by their lack of understanding of the world around them. And it was in that moment that instead of feeling angry or judgmental, I realized that the very best thing I could do to try to help the world around us is to go into these privileged environments Mm -hmm. and try to front load these socio-emotional tools for these people that will be the privileged Choice makers yeah. of our future. Very smart. So that's where I'm at, and that's why I think being on Wall Street feels just right, especially with our political climate right now. I can at least, you know, dry my tears and come into this building and feel like I'm doing hopefully something. Right. But it's all about, I think, empathy. It's really just
0: about, and it's hard when you, um, you know, because I, I my kids went to boarding school and private college and. And when you deal with someone who makes their career academia and they have never gone outside of, you know, like their graduate school, their college, their boarding school, whatever. Yes. They have a very warped sense of the world. You know, they don't they don't know what the real world is. I remember talking to, you know, like the headmaster of one of the kids' schools um, right after like the financial crash of 08. And he basically was like, Yeah, I heard about that like you heard about that oh yeah you're gonna that. get a rude awakening next year by <laughs> yes. the way you
1: know <laughs> yikes
0: um but it's just you know we know what goes on in, in this world in our bubble and other than that you know it doesn't really pertain not to outside me. of the box yeah right? so That's to have to to have that instilled as a child you know then you are going to like my daughter beth um, even though she got to go to all these great schools, she's at Columbia J School right now. And and her documentary is about inequality of public schools versus private, plus mm-hmm. um, the foster care system and aging out of the foster care system and being kicked out and on your own at 21 years old with no resources. Wow. So you go from a home that you're living in to a homeless shelter because you don't know have any contacts that are going to give you a good enough job that you're going to be able to afford an apartment and food and bills and everything else so they're they're set up to fail mm-hmm. and how we have to change that so here is this kid you know who did get to go to all these things and have all these things but like you we made sure that on the front end she was empathetic and understood and saw everything and was exposed to everything because this is the real world right. yeah
1: yeah. And we, we we that is definitely a part of our our philosophy and our curriculum and we call it global mindedness and I mean you can see the maps around you right now because we're studying food there's pictures of different kinds of bread everywhere but you know whether it be surface level or getting deeper I see the pizza. yeah. <laughs> we I we are always there. <laughs> thinking beyond like our current our specific environment yeah. and trying to reach out and 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 realize that you know there is a world around you. Yes. it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great,
0: it's a beautiful school. It's a great facility. Everyone here seems really down to earth and nice and it's, it's it's a great place to work. Yeah. To come to every day.
1: It's fantastic. And I think, you know, this is my second experience in, um, being a part of a new school that's, that's still building itself. And, um, you know, it's a ton of work yeah. and you definitely have to go into it knowing you're making a lot of sacrifices yeah. and you're going to be working extra days or extra hours that you didn't see coming. Um, but the perk of it is that everybody that you're with has the capability to have the energy to do so and they have the passion for it. And it, it's the same way on the other end with our parent body. The parents that came in here in our first, second, even our third year For them to really trust in us with having no history, Mm -hmm. I think is magical and I think it really plays a big role in why we have the energy in this building that we do. I was gonna say the parent support is
0: obviously crucial or else you wouldn't have students. So it's great that you have that. Yeah. And, you know, even the parents seemed like down to earth, low key, like cool. Yeah. So that's nice. And enthused. Yeah.
1: Especially in a city like New York, you know, everybody is very obsessed with the reviews of everything and the history of everything and and we didn't really have any of that to go on and IB international baccalaureate is very new to New York Mm -hmm. Um, if you graduate as a diploma candidate of IB you essentially have a ticket to any university or college in the world. Wow. And so why isn't that huge in New York? Mm. Well, I think it's that we're on the precipice of people
0: understanding how huge that actually is and getting out of the, you know, not to mention names of any older schools in New York City, but getting out of that mindset and going with, okay, what's next? Because everything in the world is about to change. Oh, yeah. You know, we're we're on the precipice of a renaissance, I feel, Mm -hmm. and this is part of it. This mm-hmm. kind of teaching and learning is part of it. Yes. So, so interesting.
1: Yeah. So we'll have yeah. some people ready for us when the Renaissance begins. We're yeah, prepping them. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> sure. Thank doing goodness. It too. Yeah. Well, thank you so
0: much for inviting us here today or inviting me here today. You were coming anyway, Kat. <laughs> surprise, I
2: surprise, surprise.
0: But it was great. And yeah. I love what you're doing. And thanks for talking to me. Yeah. About it. Thank you for having, having me. was great, Jen. All right, you guys. Yes. If you liked what you hear, go to iTunes and leave a review and a rate if you would. If you can remember your iTunes password. That always seems to be so everybody's hard. problem. Never. Uh, <laughs> I would, but I remember. I'm yeah. like, I know. <laughs> uh, but thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Work hard. Be nice. Peace.